Our second reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 and 8 to 16. So hear now the word of the Lord. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as a foreigner in a foreign land, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received the power, him and Sarah received the power to even in their old age conceive children, considered to be faithful that the promises that God had made. Therefore, from one person and this one good, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better home that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as your word is read and proclaimed that it may speak to us, that it may open our minds, our eyes, our hearts, and give our hands and feet the power to do your will. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. This morning we find our reading focuses on the idea of faith. And when I was thinking about what it means to have faith and what might be a common experience to relate to, uh, there was something that had popped in my mind. Uh, there's something, and it has to do with uh, infants. And there's something about this uh, that infants do that's always amused me and probably has amused you if you've ever been a parent or has been someone who has played with an infant or baby before, you'll know what I'm gonna talk about. I'm talking about, of course, that classic game of peekaboo. I've always found it amusing how infants react when you hide simply behind your hands only to reveal yourself a couple seconds later. There's almost a look of excitement, of curiosity, of surprise as to where you could have gone in that sure amount of time. You know, it sounds like you know what I'm talking about. Well, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but now you do know, that infants can't understand the concept of what we call object permeance. That is to say that once an object exits out of their field of view, that it still exists. So that's why when you hide behind your hands, they actually think you've disappeared. But while we ourselves as adults or as kids or as youth or as people who are no longer infants, while we may maintain a mastery of 
object permeance, we still grasp, grapple with accepting things that we cannot see. But once we take a step forward in embracing the unknown, we begin then our journey of faith in something that is much bigger than ourselves. And this is a journey that will challenge us to open our hearts and our minds to what God has already imprinted on our hearts. As we hear in our reading for today, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And like I said, while infants have their own obstacles, they're limited by human physiology, we find that our failure to grasp the unknown often stems from our inability to let things go. We're good at holding on to things. We're good at holding on to the faults that we find in others or focusing on things that are only negative. And when we do so, we limit ourselves to how much we are going to trust God. We limit how open we are to experiencing where the Spirit is going to take us. And the question then is, how can we have faith in something bigger than ourselves as we sit in a space with big and expansive openings? How can we believe in something bigger than ourselves if we are so caught up in the things that actually hold us back, such as only pointing out the mistakes of other people? And how can we have faith that God will take our burdens if we try to micromanage our own salvation? Our belief in something that we cannot see is already a challenging fact. So I guess why would we want to make it harder for ourselves by trying to subvert this work of God? The struggles that we all go through can be seen in such stories as that of the one of Abraham in this morning's reading. And we recognize that Abraham's story is lifted up as a part of what it means to live a life that's complicated, a life that's messy and complex. But it's also a life that, ex that demonstrates faith in something that goes beyond just him as well. And not to forget Sarah in that as well. Because Abraham and Sarah didn't know where God was leading them. And I'm sure that they had their own problems at home. You just have to read the story to see those problems for yourself. And I'm sure that there were more pressing matters that were calling for his attention, but they nevertheless followed the call of faith. And like I said, the same is true for Sarah, who believed that she was beyond the age to give children, to bear children, yet mothered a future people called by God. The question is whether or not we are willing to take such a risk to pursue something that we cannot see as well. And if we can be real then for a moment and acknowledge that we ourselves carry our own baggage, or as I for some reason have said, if you ask my mother, I have turned the phrase into the luggage we carry, not baggage. <laughs> Both works. But if we can acknowledge for a moment the the baggage, almost said luggage again, if we can almost acknowledge the baggage we carry. Because some of it can be good, because it's useful and beneficial not only to ourselves but those around us as well, but I think you know what kind of baggage I'm referring to in this instance. I'm talking about the things that we can't let go of, the grudges, the hurts, the fears, the anger that we've harbored over the years of our existing, 
and instead of letting it go and having faith that God will take them under, under a divine care, we try to do things ourselves, which can often end up discounting, as we say at camp, or hurting others and lead us to a place that is actually away from the place that God has prepared for us. We are pioneers, we are wanderers who have a responsibility to pursue faith with wonderment and awe in a manner that lifts up those around us instead of dragging them down. I wish there was an easy solution, and I wish it was as simple as snapping your fingers, but I can't even say that since I can't snap my fingers, because life would be so much easier. This world, though, needs people who have faith. Faith not just in themselves, which you should also have a healthy dose of, but also faith and confidence in those who are their neighbors. And faith not only in God, well, faith not only that God will take us, uh, will take care of the things that need to be taken care of, but that God will also give us the courage and strength and power to do what needs to be done as well. If we go forward in that spirit of humility and faith, as we say each Sunday in our mission statement, then God will certainly not be ashamed to be called our God. And if we go ahead out into the world with love, loving one another, trusting one another, and taking up the mantle of women and men who have come before us, then we will find that we are one step closer to the place that God desires for us. But all of that requires faith. It requires sweat. It requires tears, joy, and all of the above. It's hard work. It's hard work that will not stop until our last breath. But it is work that certainly satisfies our hungry and yearning souls. So how then are we going to live lives that reflect our faith in something that goes beyond just our little boxes that we've made for ourselves? How are we going to honor the footsteps of those who have come before us, the martyrs, the sinners, the saints, who are all a part of God's plan for this beautifully and wonderfully made world? Faith requires us to trust like I said so many times before, that there is something much more meaningful outside of our personal spheres of existence. And so my challenge for all of us here this morning is to think about the concrete steps we can take, the steps that enable us to make this new way forward, a way forward that embraces faith in the unseen, a way that trusts that God will take care of the things that we can't do by ourselves. And since then, today is not a traditional worship service. I thought I would end in a non-traditional way, which is uh, to end with a song that I'll invite you to do the chorus in. But it's a song that was written by uh, Pete Seeger in the last couple years of his life, and I think it's appropriate to today's message. And it's called, God's Counting on Me, God's Counting on You. And I think it encapsulates what I want us to walk away 
with this morning from Hebrews, uh, this reading from Hebrews, which is that one, faith can and most likely be a rocky journey. Two, that faith is a rewarding, faith is rewarding once we learn to place our trust in God and place our baggage into the hands of God. And that three, faith encompasses all of creation and is not something that can be done alone no matter how hard we try. You can remain seated, but I'm going to teach you the chorus just in case you feel like doing a little extra singing this morning. Just had to make sure I remembered how it went. <laughs> so it goes like this, the chorus. Hoping we'll all, oh, hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, me and it should be easy. You're saying the same thing multiple times, so I'm going to sing the song for you now. When we look and we see things are not what they should be, God's counting on me, God's counting on you. When we look and we see things are not what they should be, God's counting on me, God's counting on you. Hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, me and you. Well, there's big problems to be solved, let's get everyone involved. God's counting on me, God's counting on you. Well, there's big problems to be solved, let's get everyone involved. God's counting on me, God's counting on you. Hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, hoping we'll all pull through, me and you. What we do now, you and me, will affect eternity. God's counting on me, God's counting on you. What we do now, you and me, will affect eternity. God's counting on me. God's counting on you. Open will all pull through. Open will all pull through. Open will all pull through. Me and you. Now this last verse is the one that I think is important because it gives us hope. And uh, it was written by Pete Seeger and the work he did with children. And it reminds me of the work with kids I did at camp. And while uh, some of you might feel like we don't have many youth here, I'm sure that there's still plenty of you who are young at heart. So it, it still applies to you. When we work with younger folks, we can never give up hope. God's counting on me. God's counting on you. When we work with younger folks, we can never give up hope. God's counting on me. 